Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop, and we're doing our devotionals together every Monday through Friday. And over the past several weeks, we've been in this season of social distancing because of the coronavirus. And one of the things I'm excited about is we're beginning to make plans for our return to on-campus worship services. Now we're taking it slow and we're being cautious. We're listening to our local leaders and we're listening to medical experts. And we want to make certain that we're doing what's best and safest. We want to create that, that great environment for everyone. But on Sunday morning, June 7th, in all of our locations at the Calvary campus in Tulsa and, and on our Owasso campus, we'll come back together for worship together at 11 a.m. on all of those campuses. So that's June 7th at 11 a.m. And, and so while we'll meet in person for worship services, our small groups will remain online only through the month of June, but we'll come together for worship. Now, some of our habits will change. We may not do as many handshakes and high fives, and we, we won't pass an offering bag. Um, people have just proven that they're going to be faithful in their giving, and so uh, people have made some transitions in how they do that, and uh, we just believe they'll keep doing that. So thank you for the way you've given. It's been remarkable to see the way you've been faithful to God and to your church and to your community through that. So thanks for your generosity in that. We won't pass out bulletins or sermon notes. If you're someone who likes to take sermon notes, and I hope you are, we'll ask you to bring your own journal and your own pen. But that's just so that we're not passing things back and forth to one another. And then on Sunday night, we'll have a special service in the Fellowship Hall of the Owasso campus. We're still settling in on a time. It'll either be four, five, or six, where we'll we'll announce that soon. But but on Sunday night, we'll have a service that's specifically focused on people who are over the age of 60. So if you're maybe in that at-risk group and, and you don't want to be in a, in a larger group of people, then maybe instead of coming on Sunday morning, maybe choose to come on Sunday night. Or, or, if, uh, or if you're still concerned about things, then it's always perfectly acceptable to just just simply watch from home through our online campus. And so whether you whether you come in person or, or whether you come on, you know, on campus or online, either way, we hope that you'll you'll stay connected with the people of your church. And we're excited about what God's going to do in us and through us on June 11th and that we get to do this all together. Well, today uh, we're going to continue in our in our look and our devotion through Second Thessalonians. Over the past few weeks, we've been in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, and we chose these two books for a reason. Especially during this season of the coronavirus, the church at Thessalonica was going through strange days. They were they were a church that were that was facing trouble. They were facing trials. They faced persecution, and as a result of it, it drove them to be passionate about the return, the second coming of Jesus Christ. They were. So so looking forward to that. And in the first book, in the first letter of Paul to the church at Thessalonica, his, his encouragement to them was that they would stay on target, that in the middle of the persecution, in the middle of the strange days that they were in, that they would, that they would keep their eyes on Jesus and that they would continue to follow through with their faith. That they, would, that they would continue to remain obedient to this faith that they had already surrendered to. And in 2 Thessalonians, because of the persecution and, and after they'd been encouraged to stay on target, there were some people who, uh, and we'll see this at the end of 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 3 later this week, but there were some people who were just having a hard time just even being motivated uh, to, to do anything. And maybe you've seen that during the season. Maybe you've binge watched every episode of The Office or of Tiger King or of The Big Bang Theory, or you just spent so much time on a couch watching TV that it just feels like, wow, you're just starting to feel lethargic and things like that. Well, during this season, 
in the church at Thessalonica, there were people who were so convinced that the return of Christ was imminent that they stopped working altogether, not because of a virus and not because uh, they couldn't work and not because the government had shut them down, but simply because just theologically they had decided they don't have to go to work anymore because Jesus is coming back. Well, the theme of 2 Thessalonians is to work while you wait. Paul was reminding them that, yes, Jesus is coming soon, and as he comes, we want to be found as people who are faithful to our Heavenly Father in our words, in our actions, in our attitudes, with our entire life, and that, you know, we don't want to be the ones that are found, you know, when Jesus returns, just lying on our couch doing nothing without purpose. God God loves us. And the love that he has for us is a love that fills us with purpose. And so now we have this opportunity to simply follow through with the faith that he's given to us, to step by step, moment by moment, to just simply follow him. And so Paul's encouragement throughout 2 Thessalonians is for us to work while we wait. So let's read together 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're just going to read two verses, verses 1 and 2, and we'll finish this book this week. So if you stay with us through Friday, you will have gone all the way through the books of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. And just as a quick reminder, this isn't designed to be a deep study of the book. It's designed to be a devotional study of the book, that we would simply take a look at it. We would read scripture, make some observations about it, and then pray about those things back to our heavenly father. And so I do hope you'll take time to do something that's a deeper study of these things. But for today, let's just simply look for the principle that that, that God would like to see, to see in his word and, and, and let that influence the way we pray and the way we think and the way we act. So here's what it says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Finally, brethren, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And I just think that first encouragement there is, is so important. Therefore, brethren, or finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. So just in your own devotional life, who are you praying for and how do you pray for them? Who are you praying for and how do you pray for them? Through this season of the coronavirus, I've, I've received so many notes and uh, text messages and just words of encouragement from the people of our church saying, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you. Hey, Chad, I'm praying for you. I, I know this is such a weird season. I'm praying for you. And I'm so thankful for the prayers of my friends and my family and the people of my church. And so for those of you who have prayed for me, thank you so much for doing that. But I wonder if there's if there's someone in your life that's not a pastor that you could pray for. And I think it's interesting that uh, what it is that Paul is actually asking, pray that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. That the person, well, that coworker that you sit next to uh, when things are normal at the office, uh, that person who, you know, coaches your, your son's baseball team or your daughter's softball team, the, uh, the people who you hang out with on the soccer field, um, the people right now that you see at Sam's who are just scared and they're wearing their masks and they're wearing their gloves and they're running in and out as fast as they can. How can you pray for those people that the, the word of the Lord would run swiftly and be glorified in their lives 
and through their lives. And I think that's what's awesome about the way he ends this, this request for prayer. I want you to pray that, that the word of the Lord would run swiftly and be glorified. And he says, just as it is with you. In other words, I already see in you that the word of the Lord is running swiftly through you and that God is being glorified as a result of it. And here's the other thing I want you to pray for us about, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. You know, I think it's inevitable that we're going to run into people who doubt or deny or really are just, they, they're just dangerously opposed to the beliefs that we have, the faith that we carry, and specifically the God that we serve. And there are times when God brings those people across our path because he wants us to be an instrument of grace in their lives. And there are times when he brings people like that across our path because he wants us to be instruments of his wisdom and his word in their lives. And then sometimes he brings us across the path of people like that because he's working in us to strengthen and to sharpen and to hone our faith. But right here, Paul is saying, hey, pray. Pray that God would deliver us from unreasonable and wicked men. God, I pray that you would deliver us from unreasonable people. See, isn't that an interesting prayer to pray? That you would deliver us from wicked people, from the people who don't have any intent to listen to the word of God, that don't have any um, any desire to follow the will of God. And all they are are the obstinate people who intend to stand in the way of anything that is good, anything that is reasonable, anything that is holy or just. Paul says, hey, would you pray for us that God would deliver us from people like that? And maybe there's people in your life that are like that today. This verse actually gives you permission to ask God to release you from people like that. God, would you deliver me from those people? And sometimes God answers that prayer by removing those people from our lives. Either we move on or they move on, or God just does something that, that limits their influence and their interactions with us. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes God uses us as an instrument of grace in their life. And that unreasonable person finally comes to their senses and they begin to hear the grace of God. Well, by the grace of God, they begin to hear the truth of God and understand it. And some, somehow you're delivered from that person, but not because you're separated from them, but because somehow that person becomes a brother to you. In the miraculous work of God, somehow he's able to bring them to their senses, to transform their heart, and to do in their lives precisely what he's done in my life and in yours, to remove our heart of stone and to replace it with a heart of, of flesh, to take that heart of a rebel and replace it with the heart of someone who submissively surrenders to their heavenly father and glorifies him. And so let's take some time now to pray this back to our heavenly father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words, and I pray that you would help us to remember to work while we wait, and more specifically, that we would pray for one another. And this is what I pray for everyone who's listening today, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, and that, that all of us may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. And we recognize not everyone has faith. And so, Father, as we are delivered from unreasonable and wicked people, um, how glorious it would be for us to be delivered from them because those people placed their faith in you and followed you passionately. And so, Father, would you allow us to be a part of that process? 
Let us know the blessing and the privilege of being an instrument of your grace to the people around us. Father, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening today, and I hope that uh, that you'll you'll subscribe to this podcast uh, so that you can catch future episodes, and you can help us connect with other people by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with someone. Also, we have a partner podcast. It's Follower of One. Uh, this week and last week, they've been on out on uh, a, a mission trip that's been really phenomenal, and so I hope that maybe you'll connect with a mission trip like that sometime. But that podcast, Follower of One, is available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on The Platform.